Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Aligned Performance Podcast, the podcast helping you to achieve your greatest potential with purpose in your career and life. My name is Trang, your host for the show, and today I'm really excited to share with you a conversation that I had with Ryan Twist on how you can develop a resilient mindset. Ryan is a podiatrist, the owner of Bayswater Foot and Ankle Clinic, a world championship level triathlete, and a triathlon coach, which makes him a pretty good candidate to be talking about resilient mindsets. Now, if you've been following me for a while, you may have heard of Ryan before, you may have seen Ryan before, and that will be because he was my triathlon coach for the years I was doing triathlon, and we have done some podcast episodes before on the previous podcast that I had. And if you know him, you will know that he is a hard-working man. All the things that he has achieved has come about from nothing but pure resilience and persistence. So in this episode, he's going to share with you his experiences and educate and inspire you so that you can develop a resilient mindset in your life too. Some of the things that Ryan talks about are what a resilient mindset means to him. What are the three top mentalities that gave him resilience to achieve the things that he has what he believes holds people back the most from being able to step into a resilient mindset and so much more. And finally, a quick heads up that in the last five minutes of the episode, one of our mics dropped out. (laughs) You can still hear us. We are just a little bit softer. All right, let's get into it. Buckle in. This is my conversation with Ryan Twist on how you can develop a resilient mindset. Ryan Twist. Welcome to the Aligned Performance Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. If I'm right, this is our fourth episode that we've done together. Okay. So that's three on the previous podcast I had, which was the Athletes Garage podcast. And this one now, so that's Great. four, which makes you the most frequent guest. How do you feel about that? I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing for you. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great thing. And it's pretty cool how... I was thinking about this this morning. It's cool how our relationship has evolved over these five or so years that we've spread out these podcast episodes. Yeah. So the very first two episodes, I invited you on as a friend to me because we met relatively recently. Yep. But as a podiatrist on the podcast. Mm. And then for the third episode, we had a coach-client relationship Mm -hmm. because you were coaching me as a triathlete. And then now you're coming here and seeing me as a disappointment. Now that I'm not doing triathlon anymore. Well, that's, that's your words, not mine. <laughs> sure. No, I'm joking. I mean, I hope so. You're far from a disappointment. I think. <laughs> so, no. In all seriousness, though, I, I am delighted to have you on the show this time, Ryan. As you, in totality, yep. you know, as a podiatrist, as a world champ level triathlete, a coach, a business owner, a leader of a team which is a solid list of achievements that have created the resilient mindset that I know you have because I have seen it myself over the years, the whole time I've known you. So sure. let's, let's start with what a resilient mindset means to you, Ryan. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a really good question um, and one that um, when you first asked me, I sort of didn't really have an answer straight away. So I sort of have to think about what is a resilient mindset. And I think, um, is, it, you know, is it being mentally tough? Is it being just being able to overcome everything in life? Um, you know, but even what, what does that even mean? I, I do think overall it, it, it does it does mean that you that you're mentally tough and that you can just um, handle most situations that are thrown mm. your way in, in life, right? Um, and I think it also means having a positive mindset and a, and a positive attitude towards life. Um, I also think that it sort of means that you know you accept things that you, you, you're accepting that things will go wrong in life and it really goes your own way um accepting that we all make mistakes and uh we're all going to make mistakes every day up until the day we die i make mistakes every day you make mistakes every day we're all going to make mistakes so i think accepting that as part of being resilient 
Um, and overcoming that and turning that into a positive is what I think is being mentally tough or resilient is as well. Um, taking, taking all those things and, and, and really flicking that switch in your mind to, to accept that those things will happen and, and, and turning it into a positive. Um, so over, and, and it's important to flick that switch in your mind and overcome that, turn it into a positive so you can keep working towards your goal or your desired outcome, whatever that might be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that because I hadn't thought of that previously. Like I've got my own definition of a resilient mindset, but mm -hmm. the acceptance of mm -hmm. mistakes and then you know having that switch to turn it mm -hmm. into something more positive, which is something that I want to ask you. Do you think that that's something that someone can be born with? Is that something that pe people are, you know, it's something that they innately have or... Mm -hmm. Is that something that they need to learn to develop over time through life experiences? The good old nature versus nurture argument, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we could spend a whole podcast on that. But I, I, I feel it is a combination of both. That uh, I, do, I do feel that nature does have a role to play in, in this in terms of your, um, just your basic anatomy and physiology, just um, how your neural pathways are formed and the physiology that you have and the balance of hormones and chemicals that you have in your body, that certainly has a role to play. No, there's no question about that. But um, the good old uh, nurture as well has a huge role to play in, in that. And I think your, your upbringing and your own experiences and, um, and, and what you do with those has, has a big role to play. I think everyone growing up, sure, there are... Uh, people who have a harder upbringing or life than others no absolutely no question but most people go through adversity at one point or another whether that's horrific adversity or low level adversity whatever you want to call it mm. we all go through adversity and it's all relative to our own experience and how you overcome that and um what you do to overcome that i think has a huge role to play if you choose to get down in the dumps and choose to not accept it then then it's just going to compound over time um, another example I like to look at with nature versus nurture is, um, say, apologies to the non-sporting population out there, but I'll, I'll use sport as a good analogy. I think if you look at the top-level tennis players, say the last 10 years it's been dominated by four, four, four players. And I'm talking on the men's side here. Um, you know, Rafa Nadal, Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic and Andy Murray. They've pretty much won everything that there is to win. But if you look at the pure anatomy and physiology of every top 100 male tennis players on the planet, they're all pretty similar. They've all, they can all serve about the same speed. They can all hit a forehand about the same speed. They can hit a backhand the same speed. Their VO2 max and agility tests and jumping tests and their, their lunge tests and flexibility and strength and all that basic physical testing parameters will be relatively similar. Sure, there's going to be standouts and people outside those bell curves and there's going to be one guy who can hit faster or serve faster. But, you know, relatively speaking, they're all physically the same. Yet it's always the same four guys who are winning everything all the time. And, and why is that? Well, I, I think it's because they're mentally tougher. They, they're winning breakpoints more often than, than guys ranked outside the top 10. They're winning tournaments more often than guys ranked outside the top 10. They're winning crucial points far more often than guys ranked outside the top 10. And I firmly believe that's a mental thing. It's their resilience. It's what they've nurtured and honed in over the years. And, you know, most of the time, Rafael Nadal has beaten his opponent before the game's even started. He's got that mental edge over someone uh, before a game has a, or even a tournament has even started. And that to me is, is mental resilience and mental toughness. And sure, Rafael Nadal would have been born with a certain element of that, but he's certainly you know, nurtured that through his experiences and he's honed that and he's turned it into a real weapon in his, in his life. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good example because yeah. I know over the time that we were working together as a coach uh, triathlete, we spoke about that a lot of times and that's a belief mm. that you've always held, especially at that top level. So sure. the example you gave, right? Uh, the top 100 male tennis players at that elite level, the differences in skill, as you say, mm. is not that different, but yep. then something has to set them apart. And that's, that's right. where those differences come in. They win crucial points. They win crucial games. That's because they're mentally tough. They're mentally resilient because of what we just spoke about in the first couple of minutes of the podcast. I think that's what they're so much better at. If we use the example of triathlon or endurance sports, say running, cycling, swimming, triathlon, 
same rules apply. Their basic physiology is going to be pretty similar. They can all swim relatively the same speed. They can all bike relatively the same. They've got the same VO2 max. They can probably run 10Ks relatively the similar time split. Sure, like with tennis, you're going to have liars outside the bell curve and people who are slightly physiologically better. But it's the same guys and girls who are winning world championship races every year in triathlon. It's the same guys and girls winning Olympic gold medals every year in, in athletics and swimming and running. And why is that? It's because at that level, physically they're so similar, but it's the mental side that really separates them. And um, I think in the general population, that, uh, that's, that difference can be even greater if you've got that mental resilience because the difference between um, you know, people in the general population, I think, is, is, even, is even greater. It's the increased threshold to stress that I think of as you were saying that, because you mentioned, you know, these guys who are winning breakpoints more often, or even in triathlon, you might have the top two athletes racing each other, but it's like the last, you know, five kilometers of an Ironman that one will pull ahead, right? Yeah. So it's that increased threshold to stress. So, you know, at that point where it's like a breaking point, literally in a tennis game, but also um, not literally in other scenarios, at the breaking point, can someone tolerate that level of stress and continue forwards compared to someone else no absolutely that and that's what it gets down to definitely yeah original question nature versus nurture is that nature or nurture i think it's a combination of both of that but um i think largely nurture how how you a lot of it is self-responsibility yeah parents and uh peers and friends and family can can teach you this but it all gets down to the individual as well if Mm. they're willing to yeah, because yeah. someone yep. can be born with the best with the best genes in the world, the you know launch pad to have a really resilient mindset. But if they don't actually nurture that and mm. grow that, then they're they're gonna fall behind someone else who just focuses and develops that over a lifetime. Definitely, for sure. Definitely, yep. That reminds me of something that I an example that I use to explain nature versus nurture, where nature. You know, how you're born and, and who you naturally are, which, by the way, as an adult, you know, everything that you are now isn't natural anymore. That was lost when you were very young. Mm-hmm. But what's natural to you is like loading a gun so that it's loaded. But then the nurture is what triggers it. Sure. Is actually pulling the trigger. And that's actually what counts. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. If we use tennis as a, an example again, again, sorry to those who aren't familiar with tennis or don't like sport. But, if you um, didn't know, Ryan yeah. loves sport. <laughs> uh, so um, two uh, famous Australian tennis players, uh, Nick Kyrgios and Ash Barty. So nature versus nurture. So I think Nick Kyrgios has all the talent in the world as a tennis player. He's got all the tools and the accessories to become the best tennis player in the world. No, There's absolutely no question about that. And everyone who's an expert on tennis would agree with that. But his mindset is, is shocking. Sure, he's, he's good. He's in the top 50 in the world. And his mindset's probably greater than most people but at that level it's it's crap compared to to the 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 best and that's why he doesn't win big games and big tournaments and big points he's happy going to tournaments and winning a couple of games collecting his paycheck and going home and that's what motivates him on the other end of the spectrum i look at ash barty she sure she's got talent but she's not the most talented female player ever yet her mindset is elite elite level mindset the thing I like with her is that her eliteness, I think, is centered around um, she's massive. She harps on about um, not stressing about the things that she can't control. And she's got a mindset coach that mm. really say that. helps with that. And um, I think that's what separates her. She won the Australian Open this year. She's won um, the French and Wimbledon, I think, in the US or something. I don't know. But she, yeah, elite, elite level mindset for, a, you know, obviously skilled tennis player but we look at the top 100 women tennis players she's not that much better than them it's her mindset so nick curious ash Barty, great example in the real world mm. yeah 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 that's that's really great and something else as you were saying that i thought of is the normalization of of things in life like when you normalize something and that enters into your bubble of this is comfortable, this is normal, then, of course, your threshold increases as well. And an example, a story that that brings me to remember this is I remember there was a time when I was 
in the midst of training for a triathlon race and you know I was you were you were coaching me and I remember I texted you during the week see if you remember this saying <laughs> Ryan I don't think I can do this two-hour bike ride that you've you've ridden for me on this Saturday morning because I start work at 7 a.m which means I'd have to get up at 3 30 to start at 4 a.m do you remember what okay. you said no I can't actually but <laughs> I'd probably guess but no, I, probably I, get- sorry I can't remember sorry you this, it's all yeah. right. I, I remember because this was a pivotal learning moment for me, which okay. is great. Like that's yeah. exactly you know what your role was as a coach to expand my resilience and sure. in, expand what's normal for me. You replied in one word, and you said, "So." Okay, love it. Yeah, <laughs> which totally. sounds brutal, yeah. but you know, obviously, yeah. a bit of context. We know each yeah. other really well and very yep. honest with each other. Yeah. But that's it. Sure. It was n- you in your world, in your reality, you've normalized. It, it, do what it's got to be done. If you've got to wake sure. up at 3.30, do it. Yeah. And then from there on, that started to change my normal. And I right. started to be like, all right, so I can, all right, I'll, I'll get up at 3.30 and do it then because I've committed okay. to this and, and all that. So I think the normalization of of what uh, is is normal in your world is a big one as well. Sure. Good. There you go. That's nurture. You've, you've taken that experience and chosen to accept it and deal with it and learn from it and yeah, become your new normal. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I think I remember that now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I made a big deal at the yeah. time. Cause I was like, yeah. they're like shaking as, as, as you were saying that I'm like, all right, I'll crawl back to the garage, get the bike ready for my, <laughs> for my it. Saturday morning session well at 4am. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so so you're very multifaceted, Ryan. As I mentioned earlier, you've got different pillars that make up who you are. What I want to hear, and I'm sure the listeners will be interested in hearing, is have you always been this high achieving? Like, let's go back to the start, and can you share with us a timeline of how you've gotten to where you are now? Um, yeah, I, I see. High achieving to me is 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 tough for me to swallow. Right? It's I guess it's all perspective, but to me, there's just when I look at my life, I've made so many mistakes and pissed so many people off and um, fucked up so many things in my life, right? Um, but at the same time, maybe that's that's why I've got to a point where people from the outside who don't know my story perceive it that way. Yeah. To answer your question, no. God, no. Definitely not. Absolutely not. I haven't always been at this level or, or like this at, at all. Yeah, yeah. I think um, for a look at my, say, my... Uh, working career as a podiatrist, um, the, the first job I, I took was uh, a job in Canberra. Um, so fresh graduated out of uni. So I did my final year of university in Glasgow in Scotland, which was super tough, really tough. I had to grow up really quickly, um, really tough. Developed a lot of <laughs> thick skin and street smarts um, living in Glasgow as a uh, foreigner anyway. Um, came back to Melbourne. Um, there weren't really any, any jobs available, so I took a job in Canberra and it was looking back now probably the best thing I ever did at the time I hated my life I came home most days almost in tears crying because I doubted myself so much because my boss was was so harsh on on everything <clears throat> I can now see why they were like that so it was husband and wife owned a successful private practice in Canberra I'd been there for many many years mm. um, and did you yeah. did you grow up in Melbourne so did you actually sure. move interstate and away to yeah. work yeah oh yeah Melbourne's home yeah I was, yep. wasn't born in Melbourne but um spent most of my life growing up in Melbourne um so yeah Melbourne was home went to school and university in Melbourne so final year of uni in Glasgow and then came back to Melbourne thought I'd take a job but didn't work out so yeah took 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 a job in Canberra I'm um curious yeah. To yep. move away to yep. get your very first job, yep. that would take some resilience already to sure. actually leave the nest, right? If yeah, that's right. where you, you you did school and um, did uni. So did yep. you choose that or yeah. was it because you couldn't get a job in Melbourne? So oh, no, then, I chose it. Yeah. It was a good opportunity. It was a good job. And I thought, well, I want to be the best damn podiatrist I can possibly be in my life, in my career. So what am I going to do? It was a great job. Like the guy who owns the clinic is world renowned and it's a great practice. Been there for many years and... Like he'd, he'd been to the Olympics. He'd been as, as a podiatrist, um, you know, treating Commonwealth Games, treats elite athletes, and that's what I wanted. So that's mm. why I took that job. Yeah. I yeah. Thought, well, what do I have to do to be where I want? I just just do it. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. 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 So yeah, went. It was tough. I was paid peanuts, Canberra. For those who don't know, it's, um, it's uh, yeah the capital of Australia, but it's uh, 
the most expensive city in Australia. It's a tiny, tiny city. Uh, but, you know, I was paid peanuts. And after working there for a couple of years, I actually lost money. <laughs> I actually, even though I was working full time and working my ass off, I actually came back to Melbourne with less money than I, I arrived <laughs> in Canberra. Uh, but that's, that's not the point. It, um, it was tough and uh, I was drilled hard every day. Um, yeah, as I said, came home in tears most weeks because of something I'd done wrong. Um, but yeah, I look fondly back on it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can say now, like, yeah, you know, exactly. a decade later yep. or so. That's right. So then came back to Melbourne um, and just took, took a job. Um, and maybe, maybe it was the universe. Maybe I was due something. Maybe who knows? But I, I sort of got lucky. I got where I was working, the guy who owned the podiatry clinic was desperate to sell and move on. It was, he was having some, an issue in life he needed to move on. And so I picked it up for whatever price tag I pretty much wanted. Um, it was all I could afford. It was all my life savings that I had at that point, which wasn't much because I was, what, 23, 24 years old. 23, I think. And after living in Canberra that. as well, which A couple of years, exactly, the, yeah. So the had, rest of the, your money yeah, from so, you. So it wasn't already broke enough. I was now skint broke I, I do actually remember my, my first couple of weeks i actually had negative money in my bank account as the first couple of weeks after i paid after i paid for the clinic that i now still work in but anyway and then at the end of the um, week you get charged yeah. for yeah, having exactly. overdrawn your account even yeah. more so <laughs> yeah so at 23 24 i bought my bought my first practice yeah mm. and still there today yeah yeah cool um sporting wise i uh, grew up playing like any any boy in Melbourne play footy and cricket, which I still love. Still love footy and still love cricket. Don't play it now, but um, started triathlon oh, when uh, in my early twenties, just because I had already always always had a bit of an interest in endurance sport. Grew up swimming, so I loved swimming. Had no knowledge or or background in cycling or running at all. Didn't know the first thing about it, except it was hard. <laughs> so yeah, um, cricket. Cricket and footy, grew up playing and I was okay. I was better at cricket. I played, you know, underage rep teams, underage state teams, you know, things like that. But yeah, no history at all whatsoever in endurance sport or triathlon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then how did your triathlon career unfold? Can you share with us for those who don't know? Yeah. So I was very naive. My first ever triathlon was an Ironman. So those who don't know, an Ironman is a 4K swim, 180K bike ride, and then a marathon run, 42.2Ks to finish. So uh, yeah, it was my first triathlon. I thought I could do it. And, and I did. I, I, I went a couple of hours quicker than I thought I would. Um, and then from there, I was hooked. And then I thought my next step would be I would qualify for the World Champs. Kona, that's the pinnacle of the sport. It's the Wimbledon of our sport. Uh, it's the Tour de France of our sport. It's it's the crown jewel. I thought everyone, every triathlete wants to get there. I thought, oh, I'll get there my next race. And um, yeah, little did I know that that doesn't happen <laughs> for most people. Yeah, so um, my next few years of racing was mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. And bad result after bad result after bad result. Sure, the occasional good one was in there and enough to keep that fire going and thinking, oh, I've got this, I know this. But it wasn't until I think Ironman number six or seven that I actually first qualified for Hawaii. Yeah, and so, how many years yeah. into training yep. and, and the sport was this? About five or six. Yeah. Five or six years of just being constantly being told, being shown that what I'm doing is wrong and that I'll never make it and that, I don't know what I'm doing and I'll never get there and people laughing at me when I'm saying I want to go to Kona, um, having shit results, getting thrashed by guys I should be beating, you know, yeah. And eventually, eventually it, it got there. Mm. Yeah. 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 This is yep. such a great story and there's so much to unpack from this because definitely sounds like you had uh, drive in you, right? Sure. From the start of your career and, and into triathlon as well. But also you mentioned when you were in Canberra, you were coming home most weeks in tears mm. from you know how your days were going. And then in triathlon over these five to six years, no doubt, you haven't mentioned, but no doubt, really early mornings, long training sessions. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, mistake Countless. after mistake, yep. poor, you know, bad race results or whatever. Yep. What were the different things that you were telling yourself through this time to get to the other side and to continue persisting through this uh the goal having the goal and um something we've spoken about and 
um, passionately is yeah, proving proving others wrong. Um, not not because I wanted just to stick my middle finger up at them and laugh at them. It was more well, that's that's how they view me. Why then? How can I use that as motivation to get the best out of myself? Yeah, but have, having that goal and um, that determination, I found certainly helped in in that time. Yeah. 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 How Just, closely yeah. were you holding this goal to you? Because because yeah. people do have goals, right? Yeah. Think of people who set a New Year's resolution. Sure. That's their goal. Sure. But then somehow, you know, mm. two, three, four weeks later, it just fizzles mm. and fades away. So how how closely were you holding this goal to you, and how did you keep it forefront of your mind? Yeah, it 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 it, it um not to the point of being obsessive, but it was it was forefront of mind most days, and almost everything that I started to do was geared around it. I think the nature of the sport, it, it sort of has to be. But also, I think if you want to achieve anything in life, you need to have that mindset and that attitude towards that goal. People say that they want to lose 10 kilos or they want to get more muscle or they want to achieve a race result or they want to buy a business. But, but do they truly, truly want it? Mm. And I think it, it, uh, it, it, people need to really, really get down to the, the core why they set that goal and do they tr- are they doing it truly for themselves are they truly doing it to make themselves happy or are they doing it for an external cause to make it perceive like that they're achieving in life does it because their family or friends think that's what they have to do mm. i think um there's a powerful tool that i like to use um and it's the five whys and uh, if you look at a goal if you think right Look, I, I want to own a Ferrari. I, I don't personally, but let's use a guy. I want to own a Ferrari. Okay. So you ask five whys. You ask why five times. So the goal is I want to own a Ferrari. Okay. Well, why? Well, that answer might be, well, because it looks good and it's a fast car and it's blah, blah, blah. Well, why does it look good? And then you need to answer, well, why does it look good? Well, because then people will perceive me as having money and I'm going to be famous and I can, I don't know, do this and do that. Well, why do you want to be perceived as having lots of money, Amber? Well, then people think I'm successful. Why do you want to be perceived as successful? If you ask it five times, that fifth time, usually you'll get down to that core value as to the true driver of that motivation of whatever that goal is. Your goal might be to drink three liters of water a day. Well, the same rule can apply. Ask the five whys. Get down to that core, that core value belief and um, that will explain a lot because a lot of people will get two or three whys into it and go, well, actually, the reason I want a Ferrari is bullshit. I don't care what people think of me. I'm doing it for others. I'm not doing it for me. Well, then you might shift your goalpost and you might find out truly you know, what does drive you and what does motivate you, and then you can find the right goal that will, that will do that for you. Yeah, so that's a powerful exercise, I think, anyway. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. Oh, when you were saying that, I was smiling because sure. that is such a great exercise to share and so practical that people can yep. implement you know you write it down you yeah definitely it down, write it down and then you go yeah. deep yep the five whys yeah just write why the word why five times and then your goal and then literally do that yeah that, that's a really good quick 30 second lesson or you know whatever it is to find out your true core values and your true core beliefs as to why you've set this goal and it might change your goals it, but for the right reason it will change them as well yeah, yeah. Yep. 30 second yep. lesson 30 second yep. piece of self-awareness yep. and what you say the the difference here is that you're looking at the why not just the what right mm-hmm. you know people often say i want this goal this is what i want mm-hmm. but they don't look at the why and the difference between those two is often what i talk about the thriving three so the foundation okay. of my coaching the body the mind and the heart when someone wants something whether it's uh, they want success in their career or they want like to be making six, seven figures a year, whatever yep. it might be, yep. that's just the what. And that is often just coming from the head at a mm. mental level. Okay, this is what I want. But then doing the why exercise, what you shared, goes a bit beyond just the mind and then starts to come into the peel of the heart, which is sure. all right, at, a, at an emotional level, like from my heart is this actually aligned to what I want? Mm. And then often if, if it's aligned, then awesome. That's where people actually follow through to a goal. But if not, that's where people fall short. Yeah, when they want definitely. something at an intellectual level, but 
at their heart, at an emotional level, there's a clash. Sure. And I think, yeah, finding that, that, that why and that heart levels, it's, it's personal. It's your goals are completely different to someone else's. And um, I think we'll speak about it a bit later, but um, worrying what others think can often hold a lot of people back as well. And it's important not to let that happen. You find out your belief. If you want to be the best violinist in the world, then you friggin' go for it. You come from a family of athletes and you want to be an artist, do it. You come from a family of artists, but you want to be an athlete, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry what others think. Yeah. Mm, we'll definitely come back yep. to that. But yep. first, I want to ask you yep. the three biggest mentalities that gave you resilience to achieve the things that you have and how you developed each of these mentalities, okay. whether it was like one particular event or experience mm -hmm. that led to that mentality. Like the example I gave before, how you were like, so when I was, when I was saying I wanted to, <laughs> I couldn't train in the morning. Sure. So whether it was one particular event or a series of events, yep. um, I want to go through that because this is you and your experiences. But the cool thing is, Humans, we're not that different from each other. And the experiences yeah, that you've right. gone through, yep. no doubt many of the listeners are going to be able to relate to. Sure. So let's go through one at a time, okay. starting with your first one. So okay. the first men biggest mentality that uh, of resilience that you have okay. uh, and how you develop that. Yeah, sure. I think the, the first one that stands out to my, my mind is you establish good habits. Habits are what you can control. Motivation comes and goes, and we've got no control over that. You can't control the waves of motivation that will come. If you say you have your goal of being the best violinist in the world, you might pop onto YouTube and see your idol playing a gun song and you think, wow, all of a sudden I'm really motivated. But tomorrow you've lost that motivation. It comes and goes and you can't control that. But what you can control are habits and what you do day in, day out. Your mindset your attitude, and the physical things you actually do day in, day out. You want to be a violinist? Well, every day you rehearse. You want to be a good triathlete? Well, every day you train. And no matter how you feel or what you feel or what's happened, you still get to the pool and train. You still go to your room and play the violin. You still, if you want to run a business, you still go and research how to run a business. You learn how to do tax returns. You know, No matter what is happening, if you establish good habits and they become non-negotiables because you fully control them, then that, that's what is, 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 it's a huge, powerful step forward going, going towards those goals. Mm. As, as, I've, as I've said a couple of times already, motivation comes and goes in waves. You have absolutely no control over it. You ride those waves. When motivation is high, you strike while the iron's hot. You use it to your advantage. When motivation is low, that's where those daily habits that you can control take over and you, and, and you run with those. Mm. Okay. And then doing the work, actually putting in the reps and showing up day to day, like that, yep. it comes back in the feedback loop and actually will also influence and increase your motivation as well. Yeah, it's that's like right. You start it doing it, right? Sure. And then you start to see yep. improvement. You yep. start to feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. You start to have more self-belief. Mm -hmm. And then that actually keeps once again that, that goal in the forefront of your mind and Definitely. can increase your, your motivation it can also go the other way right if you're rocking up every day to to swimming and your mm. times are getting slower and slower and you're feeling more tired and tired that can have a negative impact on your motivation you think oh fuck this i'm getting slower what's the point i'm not motivated to, i don't want to do this anymore but you keep those habits going it will get you through those times to then faster and more efficient in the water and then your times come down you feel fitter and stronger and then that motivation comes in a big surge and you and and you you keep those habits going and then you, you yeah you're, you're progressing mm. so that's that's why yeah habits override motivation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's something that you have full control yep. over yep. and i think if someone wants to be more disciplined in their habits a mindset that they've got to take on is like the time frames that they're thinking in because I was thinking this as you were saying, right? As you were talking, um, if if they don't see results in four weeks, mm -hmm. they've got to think in time frames that are longer than four weeks. They mm. can't just be thinking, "I want this next week or next mm. month." Same as in your career, same as in your triathlon career, um, those results didn't come in weeks or months, no. even even a few years. Like it, it took closer to a decade. So the time frames of, of how you think, what do you think of that? Yeah, you've got to shift your... your, your the, in these days with instant gratification, you, you, it's, I think 
people who are willing to be patient and people who are willing to put the hard work in and accept that it won't happen overnight have a huge advantage over people who don't who don't do that going forward so you know if you're young and in your early 20s listening to this and you are willing to be patient and willing to put the groundwork in to get to where you want to be, you have got a huge advantage over your peers in your age group because the vast majority of people in your your age group do not think that way. They want everything today and they want it now for no sacrifice or commitment. The world doesn't work that way. It doesn't happen that way. You put the hard work in now you, you are going to be so far ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it will pay off one day. It will. It will. It will it absolutely to, pay right? off one you day. You keep going. Yeah. It will pay off one day. I can guarantee because those people that want instant gratification will continue to want instant gratification. They'll continue to, and they'll burn themselves out and they will go nowhere. Whereas you keep putting the good habits in and you have that positive mindset and you are resilient and you are steadfast on your goal and you are determined and you've yeah not let the negatives overrun your positives, you've got a massive advantage. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That instant gratification, it's so easy. If you mm-hmm. want motivation to just watch one YouTube video and hope that that's going to fix all your motivation problems or... No, there's no chance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but well, we're conditioned to think that way, especially, uh, say, younger younger people are conditioned to think that way very much now. Hmm. It's it's through no fault of their own, but that's just the way the world is. But um, it's to, to recognise that is, is, is a huge first step and then actually implementing things to work against that is, is extremely powerful. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and by implementing and really being disciplined with habits, that leads to more resilience. That compounds oh, resilience. Sure. Because Definitely. say if you know, it's the middle of winter, if you're disciplined for a whole year, right, then you'll go through all the seasons. Mm. Winter when it's cold, it's dark, when it's raining mm. and it's storming, but you still go out there and do your sets and you still go out there and do your sessions. That's right. Then that builds that resilience muscle. And that's where that habit, those establishing good habits also come into play as well. You do that enough. You, you walk outside on your, say it's four o'clock in the morning and it's pissing down rain and it's dark and wet. That doesn't even enter your mind that it's dark and wet <laughs> if you do yeah. it enough. If you establish good enough habits, you're walking out with the mindset of, this bike ride is going to help me one step towards my goal of achieving this. You're not looking at, it's cold, it's wet, there's cars, there's this, there's that, I want to be in bed, I don't want to be doing it. You're not looking at it that way. Mm. You've got those habits, you've set it up, you've got that positive mindset, you're walking out that door going, right, this ride is going to help me achieve my goal, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. you normalise yeah. that. Because yeah. at the start, you go out for a 5am run and it's dark and you're like, mm. hey, you know, good on you. I actually did this, pat on the back. Yep. And then you do that enough and then it's, yep. it becomes normal. Right. And, and then it's just like, eh, it's good just habits. another day. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And that's what you want to yep. do. You want to change what's normal to you because then yep. you Definitely. raise that threshold. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All cool. right. Okay. So that's number one. Yep. What about number two? Okay. I think um, being willing to accept that the way that you feel and the way that you think could be wrong and be okay with that. You will make mistakes. And if you are wrong or if someone does disagree with the way that you think, then it is okay. It is okay to accept that. And you don't have to come down and cancel them and <laughs> have, start having personal attacks on them. Yep. And and telling them that they're wrong and that you're right and it's the only possible way. Be mature, be responsible, have open-ended discussions about topics and be willing to accept that what you think might not be right because when we are wrong, that's when we learn the most. Mm. Okay, so without getting too... Uh, personal or diving too deep down into things personally woke culture and cancel culture i think is the biggest cancer that we have in western society where people who have a differing opinion to someone else will take it upon themselves to just slander the opposition beat them down into a pulp and tell them that they're wrong and and that they're something 
or that they're, they're this. When it's not the case at all, they've just got a different mindset, they've walked a different mile, they, they could be right. Let's, let's not get too political here, Tran, but let's use the example of trans athletes in sport. Okay, so lots of people think that uh, biological men who then transition and uh, identify as a woman shouldn't compete against biological women. And I'm, I'm not here to say what they should or shouldn't be doing. I, but if you say that they shouldn't, these biological men, trans women, shouldn't, then you're automatically labelled as transphobic. And a lot of people will completely just come down on you hard and say that you're this and you're that. Well, no, 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 no it's not the case at all. I, I, they, they might feel for women athletes. They might think that's unfair for females who've dedicated their whole life. And, th- and that, that's where it gets down to, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be mind open-minded and it's okay to have a different set of opinions. And if it's wrong, or if it's different, sorry, it's okay. It, it's it's all right, and um, that and I think that that loops back to your own individual goals. Because if you are steadfast on your goals and you've got that strong, resilient mindset and that goal that you want to achieve, there will be people that will try to beat you down. There will be people that will try to come and tell you that you're wrong and that you shouldn't be doing it. But um, yeah, listening to those people and taking it on board, but still being steadfast in your own thoughts without browbeating them and beating them to a pulp is, is I think, a crucial part of being resilient. And having that flexibility is resilience in itself because if someone throws a tanty every single time someone else has a different opinion from them or different belief system, then they're not going to be very resilient, are they? That's right. Like exactly. you, you live in a world with, what, 8 billion people. Yep. You're going to be interacting with people all day, every day. And that's the nature of, of living life and experiencing life and the path of achievement. You're going yep. to experience a lot of different people and a lot of different challenges. Definitely. So you've got, to, yep. be, you've got to be willing to ride the waves of all that. Yep. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yep. And something really cool, I know I'm sure you would have experienced this over the years, is getting to the point where you start to change your own beliefs and you change your yeah. own mind on things and that's yeah. when you start to have and that's, awareness that's and right. you realize that yeah. there's more than one right that's right more that's right yeah i think um that, uh, society in general has lost respect for elders there's that attitude of you know uh, okay boomer I, I, like it just dismisses and to me i i don't like that sure boomers can be frustrating and annoying at times and they think they know it all but you know what i i, I think a lot of the times they are right they've tridden they've they've gone down the path that we are going down now they've been there they've done that and there, there are people who've been there and done that and 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 it, it's okay to listen to people it's okay to take their values and, and their beliefs on board it's okay to to listen to your elders and respect them because most of the time they are right and they do know what they're talking about i think um jackie chan uh i'm not sure the exact quote but jackie chan speaks of this really well where he says in your whole life you're going to be given lots of advice and um, techniques and tips and, and tricks and, and all this. And it, it's up to you to have the right filter to take on board what works for you and just politely reject everything else. Yeah. And um, taking on board what works for you is, is super powerful because you're always going to get different advice. You're always going to get different things that either resonate with you or don't resonate with you. And to using, using your filter to absorb what does and and rejecting what doesn't is 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 a really powerful tool to use. Yeah, look up that quote. I'm so, sorry I should have prepared for for that. I didn't think we'd talk about, it, but um, look up Jackie Chan and his his quotes and that that quote. It's it's really powerful. It's really strong. It's a really good one to have. Yeah. 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 I'll yeah. I'll put it yeah. in the podcast <clears throat> yeah. description sure. afterwards. We'll sure. find it. Sure. But yeah, respecting other people's maps of the world because yeah. the world ain't centered around you only. Yep. Cool. All right. Number two. That's it. What about number three? Okay. Number three, uh, it, it could offend people. So, <laughs> but... Uh, good. Yeah. Like that, so, that's going okay. to lead to some learning. Yeah, hey? exactly. So my number three, establishing good habits, whatever, um, was number one. Be willing to accept that um, the way you feel isn't necessarily right. Number three, it's HTFU. And I got this... I'll, I'll say what it is. Okay. Uh, I, I got this quote from um, a running coach that I had early on in my triathlon sort of endeavors and career. And um, he's 
probably the the hardest man that I know and um, the one guy who's really shaped a lot of my thoughts and beliefs in the world. But um, HCFU stands for harden the fuck up. Okay, so any time you start to spiral into that that uh, that vortex of self doubt or negativity or um, why me attitude things like that. Personally, I like to stop it and go harden the fuck up, and it just it's a good way of just getting on with it. Just stop that, stop thinking that way, and just just get on with it. So I find that um, that that's a really good quote and really good acronym to use, HTFU. Sometimes I even write it on my hand if I'm in a race or a training session or mm. whatever. I have it somewhere um, down. It um, doesn't mean you have to be a prick about things, but it's more for yourself. Yeah. The, the, other, the other quote that sort of relates to that is a really good sort of quote that I like. Um, it gets back to sport, but we can use it in, in everyday life. Mm. It's... Uh, no one cares, train harder. Okay, so 99% of people at 99% of the races, say that's a triathlon, swim, bike, run, whatever sport, AFL, footy, cricket, tennis, whatever it is, 99% of the time you have a bad result. All right, you have a result that doesn't quite go your way. You have, And people love to tell the world about it. Oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I could have done better, if I only did this. or I, There's a thousand reasons why. At the end of the day, no one cares. Really. No one really cares. No one reads a race report and goes, oh, you poor thing. You were so fit. You were so strong. You were so unlucky. No no one cares. Everyone's so, in their own head about their yeah, own shit that they're going that's through. That's right. Exactly. And so train harder. Okay. So, so you have, say we use the violinist. You, you go on stage and you fuck it up. You have a bad performance. Oh, well, no one cares. Train harder. And I think that's a really good um, mindset and quote and attitude to have. And it's tough love, but there is always a time and a place for tough love. And these days with um, people who aren't very resilient or um, you know that woke cancel culture, they don't respond well to tough love because they, don't, they can't handle it. But I think if you can handle tough love and constructive criticism, you've got a huge advantage over your peers because it is out there in the real world. You take jobs, your bosses aren't going to be, it's not rainbows and unicorns. You stuff up, you're going to know about it. You have to deal with that. Tough love. You, you can deal with tough love. You, you've, you've got a huge advantage. So HTFU, harden the fuck up, and no one cares, train harder. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a saying that I say to myself, something that I've learned over my journey. It's probably like a, a bit softer version of this, but if I haven't achieved the success that I want, it's yep. because I haven't earned it yet. Yeah. It, it, it's just another way of what you've been saying. If, if I haven't achieved the success that I want, it's because I haven't earned it yet. I don't deserve yep, sure. it yet. Yep. So in other words, harden the fuck up, train yep. harder, <laughs> and, then I'll, and then I'll get there eventually. Yeah. Um, because yeah, sure. There's, there's a bit of luck. There's such thing as luck. I do believe in that and coincidences. Some people don't believe in luck at all. Yeah. I, I do believe there's luck out there, but yep. is there any point focusing on it because you can't control it? That's right. No, you can't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You might as well focus on what you can control yep. and disregard. Was I lucky or was I not like, who cares? Cause you can't control that. No, you can't. Yeah. 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 I think that that's going to tie into our next uh, topic as well. Yeah, Nicely, let's, yep. let's yep. go into that. Yep. So the, the, the next topic of what I do want to talk uh, about with you is you've shared now three mentalities that have given you resilience. Yeah. But what are the things that do hold people back from being able to step into this mindset? Yeah, I think that there's a lot. I've got more than three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but um, I think um, pe- things that hold people back generally is, is a negative mindset and negative attitude that why me attitude because we all stuff up we're all going to make mistakes we all have bad things that happen to us so if you if you approach that with a negative mindset and a why me attitude then that that really holds you back mm. definitely you know if you have that attitude of everything goes wrong for me it's always me that has bad luck well no it's not we 
I'm a big believer that we do control our own destiny and our own luck and the harder you work, the luckier you do get. Um, so having, having that mindset and that attitude of, of negative mindset, why me attitude, everything goes wrong for me, it's always me that has bad luck is, is I think a huge detriment to, to people. Canceling people, okay? Personal attacks when they don't agree with you, I think is, 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 is holds people back a lot. It, it sends people into a huge spiral of negativity. If yep. if we took on that approach, yep. there would be enemies by now because the amount yeah. of the amount of conversations we've yeah. had where we have actually disagreed with each other and yeah. we've discussed things, yeah. um, but we've also respected each other's beliefs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think not being grateful for what you do have is is really is is really holding people back as well. I think um, at the end of the day, you, you're pretty lucky to have what you do have. If you've got loving family and friends and you've got a roof over your house and you can afford to feed yourself and you've got an okay business or okay sporting career, whatever it is, do choose to be grateful. Choose to be happy rather than that why me attitude. It's a really powerful shift in mindset. And at first you think, oh, what's the point of doing that? But you continue doing that. You're going to be amazed at what changes it can make being grateful for what you do have. Yep. Mm. And even if yep. you've got nothing, yep. then be grateful for the fact that you're alive. Oh, of that's course. always yeah. going to be there, it's, right? It's always something. There's always something to be grateful about. And I think you need to choose to have that attitude. Yep. Yep. Um, not having good habits. So with heart back to sort of what we spoke about before, habits over motivation. Um, that not having good habits really holds people back. Um, not being good to yourself and others. Not being kind certainly holds people back. Yep, mm. definitely. I think not being good with your diet, your lifestyle, not getting enough exercise or sunlight, that, that really holds people back as well. Not enough is done in the world. And I think even with COVID, it, it was an opportunity for doctors and health officials and politicians to promote eating right, drinking enough water, getting sunlight, getting enough exercise a day. You don't have to train for a marathon. Just go for a walk. You know, it... it, it it's so, such a powerful tool to creating a positive mindset and positive energy, but so many people don't do it because it's not recommended enough. It's um, we're looking for a supplement or a pill or the quick fix. It, it um, yeah. So I think that that can that can have a huge impact. Yeah. Uh, focusing on what others are doing and trying trying to emulate others really holds people back. I think everyone is guilty of that. And it's very, very, very hard not to do that, especially in the days of social media. But if you cannot focus on what others are doing and you just focus on yourself and your own goals, that's a huge, another huge advantage that you're going to have. Yeah. And the last thing I think is, is really powerful that holds a lot of people back is when you try to bring others down, rather than trying to lift yourself up. And so, you know, if you're trying to ruin the towers of everyone else, rather than building your tower as high as possible, then that, I think, holds you back. So too many people are constantly watching others and trying to bring them down. It really holds you back by doing that. If you, yeah, if you, if you focus on yourself, then... You just focus on yourself and, you, and you, you keep working towards where you want to be. And, and getting back to being kind and being, being, um, being nice and not ruining everyone else. If, if someone else is building a tower that's bigger than yours or better than yours or just as good as yours, then be happy for them. It, it's okay. There's going to be people like that. No matter what profession you choose, you're going to have people that are better than you and further along and better established and their tower is going to be higher than yours and that's okay. Don't bash their tower down. You just keep building your own tower. And I think if people can shift their mindset and their focus towards that, it's a, it's a real game changer. Mm. I have to admit, early days in my career, as, say, as a business owner, you know, I was paranoid about what other clinics were doing, what other professionals were doing, what other businesses were doing, and trying to copy them, trying to emulate them, or trying to discourage them. And I don't, I can't, I don't know why, but I... I stopped it literally overnight thought that that's that's so wrong look what if they're if they're better if they're a better physio or a better chiro or a better podiatrist or they've got a better shinier practice or they've got more patients than they own more, they're good on them go mm. for it they do what they do really really well go for it i'm happy for you i'm going to focus on me and what i'm good at and i'll build my own business and it's been a real game changer 
Yeah. 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 And if you're constantly yeah. emulating people, like you'll only be, you'll only ever be a few steps behind them. You'll never yeah. actually stand out because you'll be, you'll get lost amongst the crowd mm. copying what everyone else does. That's right. Rather than being unique, which is key to standing out in whatever that you do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 But going back to before, when you were talking about being grateful, I looked this up as you were talking. Yeah. Um, the probability of being born as a human. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> that's four trillion to one or something, isn't it? Yes. Or, there you go. So yeah. 400 trillion. 400 trillion. Yeah. I mean, put that in perspective. A billion is a thousand million. Oh, so that's you, crazy. you know, I think how much, how, how much a million is. Well, a thousand of them is a billion. Well, a trillion is a thousand billions. Yeah. So you got four hundred. So your chance. Yeah. So even that alone, is it's pretty damn special that you're here. Yeah. yeah. You could have been born yeah. as a cockroach, and that wouldn't be a good <laughs> life. Well, could have never been born at all either. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Being born as a cockroach. That's getting more into your own religious spiritual beliefs. We won't go there. <laughs> well, yeah. You, who knows? I mean. Yeah. yeah. I would say being born as a cockroach is worse than being not born at all because sure. cockroaches, Fair I don't enough. know, at least I just think they have a crap yeah. life, but <laughs> nothing against cockroaches. Anyways, um, yeah, so really good tips there. A lot of them very implementable, a lot of little things. So what I'd recommend for people listening is actually even rewind this, right? Rewind this by 10 minutes or however long that segment was. Yep. Listen to each of those pointers again and then choose just one thing to start implementing today because that's what's going to make a difference for you versus Mm -hmm. hearing this, of course, you're going to feel inspired. You're going to feel really good. But if nothing changes, nothing changes. So I'd recommend doing that. Final thing on that as well, you know, this could be a challenging conversation to listen to because what we've been speaking about requires a lot of accountability, right? Mm Self-ownership. So I want to say this as well. You know, everything that you're feeling, all the challenges that you're experiencing, it is valid. Like what you're feeling is valid, right? But then from there, there are still two paths that you can take. There's still a fork in the road that you can continue the path of why me? And that's not going to get you anywhere. Or be like, all right, this challenge is valid, but what am I going to do about it? Mm. (laughs) Harden the fuck up or whatever it is, right? Like take that second path and then move forwards. Yep, that's all. It's always about everyone's in a different part of their journey. Moving forwards to you is, you know, where you are in your journey. Someone might be a million steps forward from you, and that's okay. It's Mm. fine. Use them as an example. How did they get there? It's okay. Don't worry if someone is ahead of you or behind you. You just focus on you and your path, and you keep improving yourself as an individual. And you, you might not be the greatest violinist yet, but one day you might be. You might not be able to swim 100 meters in less than two minutes. Keep working and you will be. There are people that can swim it in less than a minute and that's fine. Good on them. Learn from them. But you keep doing your journey. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Yeah. Well, you may have uh, already answered my next question, but I'll ask this to you anyway, because we yeah. are getting to the end of the podcast now. Yeah. So for anyone who is listening and wants to achieve their best performance in what they do, what are your final words that you'd like to leave with them around resilience mindset? Uh, po- positive, positive attitude, positive mindset, being grateful for what you do have. Don't try to bring down others um, and, and uh, learn from others. It's okay to be wrong and uh, don't, be, don't be scared to just harden the fuck up from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> just add that little bit in the final yeah. bit there. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So now we are up to the final part of the podcast episode where I get to ask you, Five rapid fire questions okay. so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit more and sure. um, yeah, see, see all the different parts of you. So okay. you're ready to dive into it? I hope so. Okay. First one, what is your definition of success? Um, oh God, my definition of success. Well, it's such an individual thing, but whatever makes you happy, it, it's, it's got to it's gotta make you happy. Yeah. What's happiness? Well, that's that's a big open-ended question, but I think in your I think happiness is one of those things where you can't really put your finger on it. You can't really verbalize it. You can't explain to someone what it is, but you you know what it is inherently within you. I think you're successful if you're happy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Love it. That's. I think that's actually the shortest, mm. most succinct answer I've gotten to that question. Okay. So good job. Go. All right. But it makes sense as well. It's mm. very clear. Okay. Next one. You can have dinner with anyone, past mm. or present. Who would they be? Yeah. Um. Maybe. Um. Maybe Ant Middleton, who is the his um former special soldiers, uh, special forces soldier for the British Army. He's the guy who hosts SAS Australia. Um. Check out his podcast, check out his books, check out his Instagram, his social media. He's massive on positive mindset, being grateful. And um, um, yeah, I really resonate with a lot of what he says and, and he's big on tough love as well. Uh, um, but yeah, I, to me, um, I'd love to pick his brain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Next one, a favorite place to travel? South America. Mm. Yeah. That was, your, was that your last overseas holiday? Yeah, you pre-COVID. Recently. Well, yeah. recently being pre-COVID because in Australia, we weren't allowed to leave our country <laughs> for a couple of years. Our borders were slammed shut. Um, so, yeah, that was, if you say recently, it was, re- I guess, recently. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was a while ago recently. now. But yeah, South America, just because it's so diverse and um, you, you're outside your comfort zone so much. And you, you have to be, you have to be resilient. You have to think on your feet. You have to, it's, it's just so different. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. going to ask more yeah. questions on this. Yeah. Which country in South America? Well, I've only I've only been to a few, so I'll, I'll my my, I mean, my favorite would probably be uh, Peru. However, um, I'd love to go to all of them mm. eventually. Central and South America, I want to see the whole lot eventually. Yeah. yeah, and you love it so much that you actually yeah. taught yourself Spanish, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There we go. Yeah. There's there's another resilient yeah. mindset teaching yeah. yourself a language. There you go. Yeah, that was uh, it was very handy. Um, I actually got pulled up, um, very quick story, boring story, but um, I got pulled up when I was uh, on my way home back to Australia. I was coming from Peru and I had to go via Chile. I spent one night in Chile before I flew back to Melbourne and you know I was uh, travelling by myself and um, Peru is obviously known for cocaine and coca leaves and drugs and amongst many other beautiful things, of course. However, that <laughs> is one of the reputations. Um, so I was a young white male travelling from Peru by myself, spending one day in Chile. So it raises suspicions of the customs officers in Santiago in Chile. And they searched my bags. They went through my itinerary. They, they, they searched everything on me. And um, they didn't give a fuck if I didn't speak Spanish very well. They weren't interested. They weren't going to speak English. So they spoke Spanish and they expected me to speak Spanish. And so thank God I knew enough <laughs> to talk myself out of it and convince them that I wasn't a drug courier. I wasn't nice that's a good story it uh uh, the investment and time and money in learning spanish getting to almost fluency was well worth it because it saved me probably some jail time (laughs) (laughs) not that i had drugs of course Uh, i was clear it would have been all right in the end however it uh feels good (laughs) yeah another case to stick at something for a long time thinking years because oh, yeah. you, you wouldn't have become fluent overnight. So oh, hell no. it pays off. Yeah. Get, get to keep yourself out of jail. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> All right. Next one. How many coffees a day? Uh, two to three. Strong ones. Good. Yeah. Do you have a particular coffee that you like? I'm very anal about my coffee. Yeah. I've got, got an expensive coffee machine. I grind my own bean trough on the milk. Get, source the right beans. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty anal about that sort of thing. That's all right. You're a classic yeah. Melbourneian. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And last one. You can take three things onto an island with you. And this is for, by the way, just to clear it up, a survival situation, (laughs) not a island beach holiday. Uh, What would those three things be? Positive mindset. (laughs) Yep. That'd be crucial. Good. You get three more because you already have that that mindset. I I think you'd have to take a weapon of some sort, um, something to start fire. Nice. If you've got a weapon, you've got food. If you've got a weapon, you can make shelter. If you've got fire, you can cook your food. Hopefully, you've got some sort of communication to get you out of there. Oh, good, good. Good answer. That's it. Those are the five questions. And we're now at the end of our episode. That's gone so fast. It has, hasn't it? And I, I know we could have gone so much longer. Maybe. I'll just have to get you back and 
you know, hit five for episodes with you. Oh, uh, we'll see. See what the audience says. If they want us to dive deeper into things, then, then more than happy to. If they want us to get political and get personal, let's do it one episode. But um, yeah, let's see what the feedback is. And if people are wanting more information about a particular topic, then let's do it for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, awesome. So for anyone who has been listening to this and they do want to find out more about you as a coach, as a podiatrist, ask you some questions, where's the best place for them to find you? Um, I think probably my work page is my personal pages. I don't really do much on there. I'm a pretty private person. As, as you know, we've had discussions and disagreements mm-hmm. about that. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, um, my, my work page is um, probably the best place to go. And train, you'll put the notes in, but um, it's called Bayswater Foot and Ankle Clinic. Cool. All right. So, Ryan, thank you so much for coming onto the show. It has been awesome to have this chat with you and to share your experiences and your knowledge with the world. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll chat soon. See ya. And there it is, my conversation with coach, world championship level triathlete, podiatrist and business owner, Ryan Twist. What a resume this guy's got, hey. (laughs) I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. I thought it was extremely valuable what he shared. But the real value is from you implementing what he spoke about. You know, these, these mindsets, they don't come about just by thinking about it. You've got to practice it every single day. When you wake up, you choose to be resilient, you choose to think in a certain way day and day again. And that's how you increase your threshold to tolerate stress. That's how you normalize higher levels of challenges in your life. And that's how you become more resilient over time. It doesn't happen overnight. And yeah, you know, having a resilient mindset, it's not just about being hard and, you know, losing touch with self-love and emotions that's not what it's about being resilient means that you have that self-love you have the acceptance of your imperfections that is resilience and then you continue moving forwards with your eyes on the prize in this life all right guys if you have any questions please feel free to message either ryan twist or myself will be more than than happy to answer your questions. If you do enjoy this podcast, I would deeply appreciate it if you took a moment to hop onto Apple Podcasts, leave a review and a rating so that more people just like you can benefit from these conversations as well. All right, guys, have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll catch you in the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.